1: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Rugby Renegade podcast. This podcast is fueled by PAS Nutrition. Check out their awesome supplements at pas-nutrition.co.uk and don't forget that subscribers to RugbyRenegade.com receive a 40% discount on retail price, so check that out. Anyway, today's podcast is a great pleasure to interview Ben Franks, a dual World Cup winning All Black, uh, who's currently applying uh, his trade in the championship with London Irish in their battle for promotion, uh, Ben is uh, obviously you know a really experienced player, but he's very passionate about his strength and conditioning and uh, is a keen trainer. Uh, and he gives us a really good insight into his uh, day-to-day training and and what you know it takes to get to the top as a professional rugby player. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hi Ben, welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast. Uh, now, I, I doubt you'll need uh, much of an introduction, I'm sure most of our listeners will have heard of you, but why don't you start by sort of telling us about your, your playing career and um, and where you've kind of developed your passion for strength and conditioning as well.
0: Yeah, uh, g'day. Um, yeah, so I turned professional in 2000. And, uh, geez, 2005. Um, with Canterbury, which is sort of our provincial competition, and just and went on from there to um, play super rugby with the Crusaders up until 2012, and then I had um, three seasons at the Hurricanes um, before moving over here to London Irish, and and then on the side of that um, played for the All Blacks from 2008 till. Uh, 2015 um, so I so suppose that's the <laughs> <a> very short <laughs> um, overview of my, my playing career um, training wise um, got into training uh, my dad sort of got me into training probably around 13 um, just most people get into went for a run and um, just enjoyed the feeling I got from you know, training and working hard and then have been pretty lucky that I found that, you know, rugby is something I'm very passionate about too but also, um, you know, training is is something, um, you know, also it's a big part of my job but it's also something I'm a passion or call it a hobby or or I really enjoy it too so I've sort of been lucky to um, have two things that sort of – go side, side by side with each other
1: yeah definitely I, I know some players who kind of you know they dread the, the gym stuff so it's good that you can you can enjoy both I won't mention any names but <laughs> um, so obviously you said you've moved um, from the southern hemisphere to northern hemisphere and you're now with London Irish how, how have you found the move what have you found different
0: well the, the move um, has been great and, and... Like, well, a couple of my reasons for moving over was um, I've travelled over here a lot and and sort of seen some things but never really got to experience much. So, um, so I wanted it to be like an experience for my family and to travel. So that side of it has been um, great. The other side of it, the rugby, um, sort of stumbled into a uh, London Irish at probably not the best time of their history uh, with a relegation battle uh, straight after a World Cup. So so that side of it's been a bit uh, turbulent. But um, this season, um, you know, we dropped down uh, to the championship. Um, I suppose the most rewarding thing this year, which I probably haven't really had uh, with any of the teams I've played for, is, you know, London Irish is sort of starting at a complete rebuild, so um, it, it has been enjoyable um, being with a uh, or with a team or, or an organisation that is so uh, dedicated and, and motivated to um, becoming better. Yeah, that sounds great. And and sort of strength and conditioning wise, have you seen much
1: difference in in what you're doing uh, down the Southern Hemisphere, moving up here?
0: Yeah, there's um, the biggest difference is is, uh, is travel, and uh, and the competitions. Um, so back home, you know, you can play in two or three different competitions. So for me, most of the time, I was Super Rugby for pretty much from um, now the summer months until uh, July. And then you either went from there to another team, your provincial competition, or um, into international rugby. Um, so you might work with two or three different trainers a year, and on top of that, uh, the travel is is a lot. You know, um, I know here they'll talk away, uh, uh, you know, an away game for us. You know, going to Gloucester, you know, it's a big thing. You know three hours drive away, but uh, you know in the uh, super rugby you're talking about uh, New Zealand to South Africa, which is uh, twenty hours plus travel um so how that affects your training is is here um I felt oh, I can just be more uh consistent as in um you know really planning out and bound to stick to um yeah, yeah. Week to week, it's pretty consistent how I'm going to feel. You know, come Monday. And Super Rugby was different. It was difficult because uh, you had to have travel on it, and you know, when you're travelling, uh, you don't have um, always the ideal. Um, you know, you don't always have the food you need. Um, you don't. The gym can be a, a public gym, so your training. Um, yeah, it's probably not quite as consistent.
1: Yeah, and and touching on that because I know I saw Nick Gill talk um, the the All Blacks' S and C coach, and he was saying about obviously the All Blacks they don't have a you know they don't have their own gym; they're they're always travelling around in different gyms. How have you and and they coped in that sort of environment where you're travelling around? You don't exactly know what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, so yeah, New Zealand they don't have it. It's not like in England where you know. Uh, So the national team here will always play at Twickenham and they'll have their um, training ground in Penny Hill, I think. So so then you know what you're going to get week to week. Uh, The All Blacks travel. um, And, you know, I've travelled everywhere from um, state-of-the-art training facilities to Argentina where they took us into a basement (laughs) that had a barbell and um, something maybe a little bit better than... Concrete weights, like <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you know, everyone's a bit different on their approach, but the way I sort of combated it was um, just keeping my uh, training to um, the bare basics. Because I know, as long as I got a barbell and some weights, I could pretty much do, um, yeah, you know, the sort of the meat and potatoes of, of my workout. I, you know, so that helped me be consistent. You know, as long as I can. Squat, deadlift, press something. Um, I can be pretty consistent on, on on what I'm doing. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, get the the main
1: compound lifts should always be the the bulk of your program. Um, so, it, it's great to have uh, you're our second player uh, on the podcast, and it's, it's great to have the insight from a player's sort of perspective. What um, or or could you kind of describe a, a
0: a normal training day for you, a sort of day in the life? Um so probably I'd start my training week from um Sunday. So uh so so, so play Saturday. Um Sunday is um I'll oh, um really concentrate on recovery and, and eating and um and prepping my food for the week. Um it's sort of I look at Sunday as a as a day for setting up my whole week. And um there's nothing worse than turning up to Monday and you're still feeling um crap from Saturday. So um so I make sure I do Sunday right, um, because it sort of sets you up for the whole week. Uh, Monday Monday, Tuesday, um, for most rugby players will be um your heaviest days in terms of um what you're doing um team wise. But uh so Monday I usually do my heavy um sort of upper body, um, training, um, any extra fitness I want to do, depending on minutes um, I've played, plus um, review, preview, um, opposition. Um, Tuesday we'll, I'll uh, do lower body. Um, I hate splitting it up because they're all really whole bodies, but uh, probably more like the squats and the heavy pulls and stuff, um, and that sort of leads into the... Um, scrummaging work we do that day um, it's a double day also so it's um, it's a tough session that most teams um, do all around the world I suppose um, Wednesday will be a day off which is sort of similar again to my Sunday I'll use it to um, prep food and uh, make sure uh, I'm really ready to go for Saturday um, Thursday again I'll do uh It'll be a power slash sort of, um, a couple of upper body movements, um, or anything else I think I need going into the weekend. I usually, um, any extra skill work I need to do then, I'll usually turn up, um, an hour before to, to sort of get that right. Um, and then everything there, as long as you've done the early part of the week right, everything just flows into, um, to game day there. And then, uh then you just repeat that for 10 months of the (laughs) (laughs) year no no easy feat
1: no no, that's really good insight like especially like the way you're talking about using your sundays and your wednesdays you know getting your your food prepared because it's always a bug bear in mind i I feel people worry about what exactly they need to eat but it's more things like that of getting the practicalities of getting the organization in that that the food is there for them to eat if you know what i mean that's where things that they really get let down
0: yeah i know everyone's always looking um you know they'll ask you questions. What you know? What does it take to be, you know, maybe a high um, level athlete, or how do you stay there? And and one thing that's overlooked a lot is just consistency. Like there's enough experts or so-called experts out there telling you things you, you should do, and and they're not far wrong. But the hardest thing is about to do that day after day after day, the days when you don't want it, especially the Sunday. That's why I always put a big emphasis on Sundays because, you know, after a game, um, sore, tired, depending on how you played, you, um, your mood mood levels. <laughs> uh, you you might not be the best person to be around, but, you know, if you can um, really set yourself up for that day, um, it goes a long way for you being consistent on, on game days. So, yeah, just those small things like I said, um, prepping your food, you was know, it take half an hour, an hour? But having that discipline um, to do that consistently, um, it, it goes a long way to um, to to allow you to do what you want to do, and that's that's to perform on um, game day and to um, you know, have a long career.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: and the the other thing I quite like is where you're talking
1: about the skill, especially coming from a prop, um, and some um, obviously we talk a lot about the strength conditioning side of things but the the skill thing is so important Um, and what sort of stuff would you work on that Thursday
0: yes I I break my um, week down into um, so again on Sunday I'll plan um, the skills I want to do for the week just because then I don't miss it um, and I don't overdo it Um, so pretty much all players need to be able to um, You know, you need to be able to tackle. You need to be efficient at, um, you know, rut clean out. You need to be able to catch pass, uh, ball carry, um, different lines you run, and plus also your position um, work. Which for me, um, a lot of it is around scrum, maul, and line out. So, how I break that down is just depending on. what you need to do more of at the time. So, uh, you know, there might be a few weeks with scrums is going really well. So um, maybe I only need to uh, add in extras outside sort of, um, sort of team training, you know, once. But but maybe uh, some of my clean-out work hasn't been up to scratch from the analysis I've done in the game, plus talking of coaches. So I might put down that as an as a um, high priority and I might train that every day. Um, So it just depends really, um, it's not very often um, that you are doing everything so well that you don't need to do a little bit of um, everything, but I just find um, you don't spread them out evenly. If there's something that really needs, um, that's lagging behind you, you train that more often and and things that are going well, um, you do enough to keep it, you know, going the way it needs to be, and, and that's just how I how I spread it out. So it's very individual, but you do need to make sure, um, again, just that planning, so nothing's um, being overlooked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great yeah, I think advice for people nice. to yeah. to actually look at that's their game and exactly. see what they need to work on. Now let's move back to sort of strength and conditioning. Um, uh, what part of uh, training do you enjoy the most?
0: Um. Well, I, I definitely enjoy being in the gym more than being out on the field doing conditioning. Um, <laughs> it's probably as when you're 120 kgs, um, it's hard to really run natural. Uh, yeah, you look over, you see the uh, wingers, and they just run. It looks effortless. Um, me, it feels like everything's uh, such hard work. So, I, and like I said, I uh, well, I do like all parts of training, but I probably enjoy. Um, you know, it's still more the traditional lifts of the um, uh, deadlifts, squats. Um, when I was younger, I was I was very much into the Olympic lifts. Even that's sort of really how I started a lot of my weightlifting. Um, I've sort of had to back off that a little bit just through um, a few uh, injuries I've got over time. But 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 those ones I, I enjoy because they're, they're just. This, I don't want to say they're a simple exercise, but um, you can you can see results quite quick and there's nothing better than, um, you know, when you're squatting or deadlifting. Yeah, it gives you confidence and you take that into other areas of, you know, your your game. Yeah, and yeah. so you so say
1: you've, you've backed off a bit on the Olympic lifting. Lift lift have, <laughs> have you sort of completely stopped or stopped have you had to modify the lifts?
0: Well, I have, like, well, so... When I first started, um, me and Owen were going to an Olympic lifting club in Christchurch, so I must have been uh, 16 by then, and Owen's probably about 13. And, and we did that well, for ages, and it's probably just in the last few years I've backed off. But, yeah, um, I would have based a lot of my training off the Olympic lifts. Um, it's, it's just more, I, I suppose, one of the hazards of playing prop is um especially at tight head you get your um you sort of get your arm arm barred anytime uh <laughs> anytime there's a collapse so so over years um i suppose i've just uh, lost a bit of range in my elbow and um so know, yeah, more than three or four weeks of, of going heavy and and uh cleans or snatches um you know they start to get a bit sore so i suppose the risk and rewards just not really there now for um, olympic lifts but that doesn't man I, i'm not still doing the exercises i do a lot of like the um the bar complexes especially uh, warming up for stuff so i can keep the um the good flexibility that those uh exercise gives you still getting the explosiveness through the hips um I've stole all of Ed's uh, medicine ball exercises, so that sort of keeps me, um, you know, powerful. Um, but no, I, I just can't really go as heavy as I used to be able to in, in those exercises. Yeah. yeah. And, you, know, you, um, mentioned
1: and Dad you mentioned that he, he was, of course, of course the, the very, first very first podcast guest, first guest again, we had. Uh, um, um, tell us about so your training about about with tra- him and, tra- and so how you got so in touch with him and, and the work you did with him.
0: Yeah, so, um, so in 2006, when I first, uh, made the Crusaders I um, walked into the gym one day and there was this huge Texan lifting massive weights and um, I decided I needed to know this guy <laughs> that's about it so I remember walking over and just, just chewing his ear off asking him about weights um, I did ask him what he eats, but that probably wasn't uh, the best advice. He told me he was going to the um, the burger and fish and chip shopper across the road a few times a day, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't uh, take that advice on. But uh, you know, we just it's just one of those uh, sort of friendships. When you meet someone, um, we just got on like house on fire straight away. Um, so we kept in contact, and then and um, well, a couple of things happened. Two thousand and eleven. It was it two, yeah, two thousand eleven? Um, we had the earthquakes in uh, in Christchurch, and um, pretty much lost our training base. Um, and that season for the Crusaders, we had no home ground, so we travelled away um, every game. And up until then, I'd sort of been really been allowed to do my own training. I, I pretty much programmed my own stuff. Um, but I knew then with the travel um, I needed, and I was probably training a bit too much. Um, I needed someone to um, look over my shoulder and, and give me more guidance and that's sort of how me and Ed um, started working together and that um, worked really well for me. Um, that year had a really good year and then um, I decided I needed to bring him out. Um, to help me, um, you know, in our, sh- in our short pre-season window to sort of set me up for a year. And I did that for um, four or five years. I, I brought Ed out every um, every summer. Um, so he did my stuff all the way um, up until I've moved over here. So, so yeah, so um, – and the way Ed likes to train is just um, we fit really good together, you know. sort of – um got good knowledge in the olympic lifts what i enjoyed at the time but also that sort of um that power bodybuilding sort of uh sort of training too he incorporated in it and um even though i'd been training since i was 13 i I probably wasn't really good at um you know managing myself as in i sort of come from the mindset every time i went in the gym i've got a lift heavy um or heavier than the week before um, even when I was tired, uh, so to have someone uh, to actually control the volume and um, intensity that I trained at, um, it helped a lot, and it sort of uh, taught me how to actually, um, you know, sometimes it's all right to back off. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: so yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, <clears throat> now, this is a question we ask all our guests, um, and it's what do you think is the biggest mistake rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning?
0: Uh, just going too heavy too early. Um, I think I, I think it's a lot better over here. Guys get into it a lot earlier. But you know, a big mistake I've seen in New Zealand is you know guys might not take um, get into the gym until you know 18, but then they want to progress to the weights that a guy who maybe when he started when he was 16, you know, within six months, um, you know, uh, weight training. It's 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 a long game, you know. You can't um, expect to get these uh, numbers, uh, you know, within six months or, you know, what you need to lift might be more or less than the guy next to you. Um, So I think that's where sort of a lot of injuries come from or um, sort of bad habits come into. So um, in terms of uh, strength training, I I would always encourage people to get into it um, as soon as possible um, you know, as an end goal, would be you know, having that sort of um, strength you need by the time you start playing against men. Yeah,
1: that's great advice. Uh, and we've kind of talk, uh, touched on nutrition slightly. Um, and I, I know you said you, you get, you know, lots of queries about what you eat and stuff, and you could probably talk for hours about it. But I think what would be really helpful would be to sort of explain what you eat building up to a match. So, what's your sort of match day routine?
0: Yeah, so um, well in in New Zealand life for a lot of my career my games were at seven thirty, so um, it was a big day of of um, of of eating um, to make sure you're right for them. So, but here most games are at two thirty, so I've had to make quite a few adjustments. So, so here for my game, well, you know, nutrition's um, seven days a week really, but but the build into the game really for a saturday game starts friday if you're going to play at 2 230 so you're going to make sure um, usually friday is a lighter day so you're going to make sure that you've got um, the right calories the right food in you to be able to recover from the week's training but also that you don't wake up saturday morning and you're already dehydrated and you're already, uh, you know malnourished to a degree so um, so the biggest thing is just really planning Um, just planning so the night before I'll write down the times that I need to eat so um, so usually for a 2.30 game I'll make sure I'll make my breakfast the night before and um, I'll get up at 6 eat it by 6.30 which is usually um, I just like to keep the foods that I know I can um, do uh, that don't um, sit heavy in my stomach Um, so things like eggs oats, Um, I keep it pretty plain, Um, then a few hours from there, probably around nine, I'll have um, like a shake, not too much protein, because again, that'll that'll leave you a bit full, but probably more, um, you know, carb heavy, so like, um, you you can have a serving of protein, but um, I usually go with like an almond milk. Because, again, it sits in my stomach better. Um, Bananas, some berries, you can put some uh, whatever you want in there, a bit of honey. Um, Then I have my pre-match meal, um, so probably around 11, have it eaten by 11.30, which is, I keep it really simple. Again, I'll go for like a... um, some sort of chicken mince just because it's ground up about about 200 grams so again it's not too much protein and then i'll make up um probably uh what about 250 300 grams worth of like a mashed um sweet potato and and just again it's a good carbohydrate and it's just easy to to digest um and then uh about an hour hour and a half before a kick off i'll have um a banana and um, I might have a a small serving of of protein powder of water Um, so that'd be leading into a game and then just throughout the day make sure I've kept my um, hydration up so straight out of bed I'll probably drink 500 600 mils of water um, and then just keep topping it up through the day but again the hydration really comes into it the day before you want to make sure you're hydrated Um, before you go to bed not so much where you have to get up three times during the night to take a piss but um you know so you wake up not um staining the toilet you know (laughs) (laughs) that's that's great
1: thanks for sharing that um now obviously Um, you've played played, um um, you've you've got an impressive career uh, in uh, northern and southern southern hemisphere uh, what's the the,
0: or who is the most physical player you've played played with with or or against Oh, So it's always a hard one, those sort of questions, you know, who's the toughest person to scrum against, who's the most physical, um, because sort of when you get to a, a level, they all are. Um, but sp- I'd probably have to say my brother, just because, um, like I said, we've been training partners since... Um, well, you know, I started training at 13 and it was only like a couple of years after that. Owen started training too. So we've been training partners since, you know, like I said, since at least since I was 14 and Owen would have been 11, 12. Um, and um, I think why, uh, why we made um, such good training partners for each other is that we were quite competitive, um, you know, when we trained. Um to the amusement of some people who might have been close um, and watching. Uh, so, you know, I was always in the gym. I was always good to, um, you know, Owen was very good, always very good at the Olympic lifts, and I was always a bit, bit stronger at sort of like the um, sort of powerlifting style lifts. So we, um, you know, we pushed each other there. Um, we always did our conditioning together. A um, guy, Scotty Hansen, um, he's been training us for a long time too on a lot of our skill work. Um, so, you know, whenever we we're doing tackling drills, um, you know, doing our scrum drills, um, when I was playing Lucid, it was always against each other. So, um, you know, so steel sharp and steel. So, I was always, we just had, I had a, a perfect training partner, and I'm sure I would say the same. So, some of my Toughest things I've done is usually because um, you know it was against Owen. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the competition that's
1: is the so competition, important, right. isn't it? Um, so, to push, yeah, you, to push on you on mentally and, and physically. physically.
0: Yeah, and that's the um, yeah. If you if you want to get to the top level and and um, in any sport or, or maybe in anything, but um, you got to be comfortable competing um, because it just brings the best out out of you and and. Um, There's nothing wrong uh, when you compete, and um, you know you might come off second best. Then you can go back, um, you know, look at what you didn't quite do well, and you can come back stronger and better the next time. So, and 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 competition only brings that out of you because if you um, if you only compete against someone who's not going to bring that out of you, you, you'll never learn because it'll it'll be until the time it's too late, you know, that that one game where you really need to nail it and you, you didn't find out those lessons, um, you know, off the field. So oh, I encourage as much competition as you can, and, and especially find a, a training partner who. Um, so you don't even have to be best mates with them, but if he brings something out of you that you can't bring out of yourself, um, that is probably someone good to have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now we've, we've uh, talked about a lot of things that you know can lead to success, um, like competition, uh, competition and, and consistency. Uh, uh, and, and you've been part of probably one of the most successful rugby teams in history, the All Blacks. Um, what, what do you think is behind the success? I mean, it's not an easy question to answer, but you've been in that environment. How would you explain it to someone, an outsider?
0: Yeah, I suppose there's plenty of moving parts. Well, I think, um, and, and I and I don't know what it's like to be in a dressing room of another international team to compare, but I just... For the All Blacks, I just believe that, um, you know, New Zealand, you know, rugby's king. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're in the All Blacks and, and, and say, you get your first cap or you, it's your first game, um, you've got to stand up and you, you say a few words. And nearly everyone's story is, is exactly the same as, you know, I have you know, I watched the All Blacks as a kid. That was the thing I've wanted to do my whole life so on and so forth. So I think the All Blacks is a new, unique team because it's not a team that you can just stumble into or um, by chance you get into it. You've generally had a passion to play for this team since you're a kid, since you knew about money, since you knew about sponsorship or anything. You, you know, as a kid you would just do anything. To have an opportunity to put that jersey on and... Um, and uh if you're lucky enough when you get that opportunity, it's just something you wanna um make the most of. So I just I just think to get a group of guys that are usually like minded and, and driven just to not um let the people in New Zealand down but 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 also, you know, people who have worn the jersey before you I think it's quite a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, they've yeah. obviously got a, a great legacy and I'm sure. You know, it must have been great to have been a uh, part of. Um, so moving forward, Ben, what what does the future hold
0: for you? Right now, I'm just uh, just focused on um, this promotion battle with London Irish. Um, that, that's uh, everything I'm working hard towards now. Um, well, one of my big reasons coming over here is I, I really wanted to plan the Premiership. It's something I've watched from afar for a long time. And, Seeing it's such a tough competition it was I wanted to make sure I experienced it so I've only really had a taste so um, I, I really want to um, um, experience it um, with with London Irish again so uh, that's that's all my focus now um, is is on that rugby wise and training wise um, just making the most of this this year um, there's probably a bit more downtime at the minute compared to when you're in the premiership. So just, again, just trying to make myself um, bigger, stronger, faster. Well, maybe not faster, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, other things. Just trying to make the most of the time I'm having um, this season. Um, And and that's it. And that's pretty much the same I've been doing since I was, I don't know, a long time ago, I suppose. So I'll just keep doing that until, until I've got to do something else yeah great um and where can people learn more about you Ben well I already said I'm I try to keep a little bit updated on um Instagram um I'm taking photos of myself um but yeah just Ben underscroll Frank's at zero one on Instagram is probably the best place to um keep a little bit updated on what I'm doing um and you can sort of message me through through there. I try my best to um to uh, help people out when they when they do message me because um you know when I was a kid I was that annoying guy emailing everyone and anyone to find out anything. So I try to uh, repay the favour, but um but yeah that's the that's the best place.
1: Yeah, that's great. And we'll share links to that in the show notes. And I think that's that's great. We've we've all been there in in those shoes, you know, emailing people and. Reaching out for help, um, so it's great that you're in a position you can give back.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, there's a couple of um, you know, people ask me about training and stuff, but one bit of advice I also like to give is that um, you know, reading. Um, you know, I do a lot of reading, like I said, I'm um, yeah, I'm passionate about strength and conditioning, so. Um, I think a good way for people to learn now is instead of just being given um, information to really um, go out and and seek it. So a couple of um, websites that I buy most of my books from is um, ironmind.com and um, superstrengthtraining.com. And they just have a a great range of books of um, guys from the 40s and 50s and 60s, the stuff they're doing. They just have strength manuals, stuff you can read. If you're a bit of a meathead like me and um, feel confident to go straight to the gym and give it a go so um, you know I'd encourage guys to, to um, you know do a little bit of research yourself and um, I think it'll um, help you your training a lot better than probably um, maybe YouTube and everything
1: yeah definitely that's that's great advice and any books in particular you'd recommend
0: I think for uh, Definitely a young rugby player. I'd uh, recommend um, Olympic Weightlifting for Athletes by uh, Greg Everett. Um, He's got a number of great books, but that one um, is is a good manual. Um, Another one I liked, um, this is pretty old school, is um, Paul Anderson. Um, We'll probably know who he is, but he was a powerlifter and Olympic lifting champion from the 50s. He's got a book called Sports and uh, Weights and Sports, and it's just a um, training manual where he gives some great um, simple advice. Um, uh, there's Dr. Fred Hatfield's got another good book. Well, he's got heaps of good books, but Powerlifting, um, a scientific approach, is a good basic place to start. And, and uh, Ed Cohen also actually has a good book I enjoyed. Um, very similar, really good detailing around um the basic lifts anyone should know um if you want to get into the gym you know squats deadlifts pressing um,
1: yeah it's quite funny actually that you know we're always looking for new information and a lot of it dates back to to what they were doing then you know that they've sort of done it all before and it's 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 almost like we're reinventing it but you know we just actually find out what people were doing in the past with success
0: oh yeah and some of the stuff you read is just amazing and, and um Actually, I was in, we're going off top a little bit, but I was in Iceland a few weeks ago and um, and I did some training over there and they had the manhood stones and there was these stones, I I can't remember what they're called in in Icelandic, but they're pretty much uh, translated to the fisherman stones and these stones were used to um, pretty much to see who got paid what and who got the best part on the boat you know when you had to row out and uh, I think the top stone was 150 kgs which was called full strength and it was all the way down to 30 kgs which was um, translated to weakling. link so you know 100 plus well maybe a couple hundred years ago um, guys were lifting 150 kg stones um, you know their training was rowing a boat every day and, and, and doing some farm work so um, there's lots of different ways to get strength and um people have been strong for a long time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, thanks very much for you know spending your time with us and uh, we'll wish you all the best with your promotion battle with London Irish this season. Cheers, thank you very much. So, thank you, Ben. Uh, another great podcast. It's great to have you on uh, to discuss all things training and rugby and you know, give an insight into what's worked for you uh, at the highest level and all the best uh, with the promotion battle with London Irish this season in the meantime guys please subscribe to the podcast to stay in tune get uh, more podcasts coming out with some more players and top S&C coaches um, please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes uh, tune in whatever podcast uh, you use and please give us a 5 star review and in the meantime check out com. more articles coming out and check us out on YouTube we're trying to push a lot more uh video content on there uh please subscribe to us on there and uh more good things coming stay in touch
0: thanks for listening to the rugby renegade podcast for more quality rugby strength and conditioning information check us out at rugbyrenegade.com rugby renegade building machines